this is Nikki Glazer from New York City. You can hear construction in the back, and you're listening to PF Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian J.R. Brow discusses the lack of a home field advantage in comedy. Oh, it's an awesome comedy scene. Uh, it has been since the day I started. I, I got got started here at a place called the Velveeta Room, which is a little hole in the wall, and if you didn't, if you didn't get them in 30 seconds, you basically, uh, they just start talking over you. We hear more from JR in just a few minutes. We have the hottest record of the world tonight from Andy Hawk and train wreck ending. Stay tuned for that. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Kim Jong-un was re-elected this past Wednesday as North Korea's leader, state media said. Kim also serves as first secretary of the ruling Workers' Party of Korea, supreme commander of the Korean People's Army, and the lone judge on North Korean Idol. Kim Jong-un's re-election was, of course, no surprise, with Fox commentator Dick Morse predicting a landslide for the young dictator. Battlestar Galactica is returning, this time to the big screen. But it's not a continuation of the popular sci-fi series of a few years back. The Battlestar Galactica film and development at Universal will be a complete reimagining of the story, but no one's quite sure which story, the 1978 saga or the 2004 reboot. In any case, the movie will later be re-re-reimagined into another series, or maybe a film. The chairman of the Republicans' Senate Campaign Committee defended the Koch brothers against a drumbeat of Democratic attacks calling Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid's criticism of the conservative campaign contributors inappropriate. After all, money is free speech, and the more money you have, the more speech you should get. In the absence of comprehensive immigration reform in the U.S., some House Republicans are pushing for a different path to citizenship. Under the proposal, undocumented immigrants who were brought to the U.S. before 2012 and who were 14 years old or younger would become legal permanent residents upon service in the U.S. military. And after fulfilling their military obligations, they could join the Border Patrol. Former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee explained his views on gay marriage this past Tuesday, insisting that his opposition rests in how the Bible was written. In his keynote address to the Iowa Faith and Freedom Coalition, Huckabee told the crowd, You've got to understand, this for me is not about the right side or the wrong side of history. This is about the right side of the Bible. And unless God rewrites it, edits it, sends it down with his signature on it, it's not my book to change. Folks, that's why I stand the way I stand, Huckabee said. So, you know, don't blame me. Blame God. If you're feeling down lately, you should be spending more face-to-face time with your friends and less Facebook time with them. Researchers say that social media sites such as Facebook and Twitter can make us feel as though we're wasting time much more than general internet usage. The study also finds the best way to cheer yourself up via the internet is to listen to a comedy podcast. An image transmitted from Mars to Earth by NASA's Curiosity rover has some alien enthusiast seeing the artificial light about the possibility of life on Mars. The image depicts what appears to be a white speck of something in its upper left-hand position. But said one scientist, it's probably just an old beer can. Most New Jersey voters believe an internal investigation clearing Governor Chris Christie of any wrongdoing in a scheme to snarl traffic on one of the world's busiest bridges was a whitewash, according to a poll released on Wednesday. It looks fishy, said one Garden State voter, who declined to give his name and hometown because he'd like to continue to get to home from work on time. A man accidentally shot himself at an NRA convention on Tuesday, the Easton PA Express Times reported. NRA President Wayne LaPierre immediately released a statement saying that the only way to stop a good guy with a gun from shooting himself is a good guy with a gun. 
On Wednesday morning, Senate Republicans blocked Democratic Senator Barbara Mikulski's Paycheck Fairness Act, which aims to reduce workplace discrimination against women. The most widely cited statistics on the matter say that women earn 70 cents for every dollar men make. Oddly, the White House, meanwhile, is currently under scrutiny for paying female staffers just 88 cents per hour compared to their male co-workers, said one White House spokesman. Well, then that's why we need this law, right? The Atlanta Braves accidentally set fire to the American flag this past week. The team put some pyrotechnics on its big screen in center field, but neglected to remember that fireworks are not only pretty, but very hot, too. A spokesman for the Braves confirmed to the local NBC affiliate in Atlanta that the mishap really did happen during the team's home opener. Tuesday, adding that the flag is made of flame-retardant material so it didn't burn for too long, but long enough for season ticket sales to surge among resident aliens residing in Atlanta from various parts of the world. And finally... The 2015 Pro Bowl will be held in Arizona, where the following week, the Super Bowl will be played. It returns to Hawaii in 2016. Citizens of Arizona are very excited because if they don't like the Pro Bowl, they don't have to do business with it. And that's been Fake News with me. It's PST for quarter. It's PF doing a horrible impression of Zane Lowe from BBC Radio 1, the world-famous BBC Radio 1 in central London. People listening from all around the world tonight with people checking from Australia, Singapore, England, Canada. They're tuning in for the hottest record in the world tonight. We have it from Andy Hawk and Trainwreck Endings. They just released an acoustic EP a few weeks back. Now they have a brand new single. It's called Chasing the Sun. It's tonight's hottest record in the world. It's the week is Wednesday night, P.F.
at a time Light on the water as my guide Remembering something I forgot Left the dark and had to smile Chasing the sun Feeling I should go down Think I found my peace of mind Andy Hawk and the train wreck ending is a guy I'm going to drop the hideous Zane Lowe impression. But, uh, man, that could be the song of the summer, man. Chasing the sun. It's it's Americana. It's, uh, what do they say in the uh, Flesh Tones videos for, for right side of a good thing? Uh, they're, they're American music all the way. Uh, and that's true of Andy Hawk and train wreck endings. And I think it should just be Andy Hawk and train wreck endings. And take the the out. I think that sounds cooler. I don't know. Anyway, go to andyhawk.com. You can find out how to get it there. Or just go to iTunes. Search iTunes. And you can uh, get it there as well. So uh, go do that. Now on to the interview. J.R. Brow is a comedian from Austin, Texas. He's a former rock musician who mixes music in with his comedy. Here now is our interview with J.R. Brow. All right, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's J.R. Brow. J.R., how you doing? Good, how you doing, man? Pretty good. It's uh, been a while since we spoke. Um, where are you located these days? Austin, Texas. Okay, you're living down in Austin now? Okay. Cool. Now, you're from yeah. Austin originally or somewhere else in Texas? I can't remember. I'm an Army brat. It's hard to say where I'm from. That's right. Um, okay. But but really, Austin, uh, for the past couple of decades, Okay. here. All right. And what brought you Austin specifically? Is that just the last place your family stopped and that's where you grew up or finished growing up? Or how did that work? It was not where my parents lived. Um, it was basically just getting out, you know. Like when you when you leave for college, I uh, I didn't leave very far. I only left seventy miles, but I still left. Okay. And where was uh, where was college? College was in San Marcos, about thirty miles south of Austin. Okay. Uh, yeah, I went there for seven years. I uh, and, I think my sister in law went there, and I believe the uh, San Antonio Riders of the World League of American Football played one season uh, at the stadium there on campus. Yes, you're absolutely correct. I didn't see it, but I remember yeah. about that. Yeah, they couldn't sell beer at Alamo Stadium uh, in not Alamo. Yeah, yeah, Alamo Stadium in um in uh, in San Antonio, and this was before the Alamo Dome was built. So uh, yeah, they had yeah. to go someplace they could sell alcohol. Oh, there you go. All right. They remember the Alamo. They do, and the Alamo Dome. How could you forget? Mm. So. <laughs> so uh, we, now I, I'm trying to remember the story. For the benefit of our listeners and and re- to refresh my memory, walk me through uh, how you wound up in the comedy business. Oh, that's pretty easy. I was in a I was in a band, and uh, there was five of us, and 
you know, uh, $300, $400 a night doesn't go very far for uh, five people. So oh, I yeah. got kind of greedy. and just uh, <laughs> it, was, it was easier for me because of the transition, because I was the front man, I was the singer, and a lot of times when instruments would break down or stuff, I, I would be left to my wits, and so that's kind of where that came from. Oh, I can do this by myself. Now, uh, and, uh, a couple of people started that way. Um, Billy Conley, uh, uh-huh. off of Scotland. He started. I didn't realize he started that way. And also, uh, Mary Mack started that way as well. And uh, yeah, that's not not uncommon, I guess, for uh, people to find that they have a more of a, uh, a, a comedic vein in them than a music. Although you still uh, played music when you did comedy, and and do you still do so? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And and that's just a romantic gesture of how I got into comedy. Really, all I wanted to do was not have a day job, and uh, <laughs> I've gotten away with that for uh, you know forty five minutes a day. That's work as least as possible. That's my goal. Oh, there you go. Were you doing any kind of a day job before you um, became a musician and or comedian? Well, you know, musician, like I said, splitting 400 bucks with with four other people doesn't go very far. So, yeah, I had to have a job. I was uh, doing that and then driving in to to see open mic. And actually, the first open mic I ever saw um, was a week after I had watched uh, a live show of uh, Bill Hicks. Uh And uh, sitting there watching that, I mean... I was like, God, I could never do that, even if I had aspirations to. And then I went to, uh, next week I went to open mic and went, oh, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. So it just kind of, it was kind of hooked me into it. So you didn't approach it like as a musician, because when, you know, if you watch, you know, the Beatles or the Stones and like that, and you're first starting out, you think, wow, that's a tall mountain to climb. You go down to the, you know, the local coffee shop and see people, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, you know, it's a, it's a progression, isn't it? It really is, and I, I didn't, I didn't have any hopes or aspirations or dreams of being a big star. I just wanted to do it, and, and uh, then those those came automatically with it. Once you start hanging in there and you start getting big laughs, you're like, oh, this is this is what this is all about. Now, did you bring the guitar along immediately, or did you bring that back later? Mm-hmm. No, I started out uh, on my own two feet. <laughs> so, you know, for the first. Uh, year or so I just incorporated trying to stand up there I started out basically with almost a bad impression and then uh, I moved out of that and started writing jokes about my life and then the guitar just came out naturally because it it was kind of just sitting in the corner like you know like an old girlfriend going when are you going to pick me up you know And when you did, I guess, um, and I don't know if you still do, because it's been a while since I've seen you live, uh, you uh, started noticing that a lot of songs uh, are similar to each other, and mm-hmm. and uh, folks may not realize that. Yeah, I've been doing that almost the day that Green Day uh, came out. Uh, it was it was so easy. As soon as I heard the first uh, song, I, I went, "Oh, that's that's uh, that's this." You know, I was like, "That's the cards." And not only that, but the chorus and the bridge is, is a Pat Benatar, Benatar song. Uh, I figured at that point, music had come around full circle. We even if even if Green Day is in their hardest of hearts, you're like, man, this is the most original crap ever. You know, I uh, I kind of debunked that. Yeah. Well, and usually with I'm sorry. I was gonna usually with with uh, Green Day, it's the Kinks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kinks, Cars, uh, Chicago. It's it's, uh, it's enough. It's a variation of uh, all kinds of. And then you know, even Daft Punk, they're they're big hit. That's that's freaking uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band all over again, and uh, I like it. But you know that that big hit song, uh, Lucky. Yeah, well, actually, that's um, if you play the the one guy in Daft Punk, his uh, dad was a French uh, disco star, 
And if you play his dad's hit record, it is almost exactly that song. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I didn't even know they, that. They did that on BBC Radio 1 one day. It was uh, They do a thing called Real or No Real, which is like a true or false. But the, the, the disc jockey and his co-host, and they have a, one of the other disc jockeys come in, and they, play a, they have a little four-question contest. And they said, uh, Daft Punk's uh, hit song of uh, Get Lucky is musically the same as whatever it was by uh, the father of Daft Punk member. And so they debated it, and they finally said, oh, we'll say that's real. So they played both of them, and like, sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently Daft Punk, the... The father was listening to Casey and the Sunshine Band. That's the way I like it because it's, it's a dead ripoff. Yeah, or, or vice versa. Although I, you are probably right because I think he had a hit with it in like in the early 80s. And, of course, Casey was uh, the late 70s. 70, 78. Yeah. Yeah. 78, there you go. Yeah. So do you like still notice this a lot when you're listening to the radio or when you're out maybe in the store and hear the music and go, hey, wait a minute, that sounds... Do you, I mean, is you, are you, are you yeah. attuned to this now more than the average person? It's a curse. No, it's, it's always been a curse. My wife will tell you that. She goes, I run everything for her. Hmm. So she doesn't want to let me listen to a new song unless she thinks I should put it on stage. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, I know you know this is something else. And I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, that's... I think that's the fun in our relationship is that we, you know, that or we watch... Um, Walking Dead eating steak to try to get into characters, you know. <laughs> yeah, we have a feature on the show called Crime Song Investigation where we will play uh, uh, two songs back-to-back and see if uh, somebody has, you know, borrowed something unwittingly. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's and it really is, it's like math. There's only so many chords, there's only so many, you know. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it happens, you know, it's... Uh, um, so on stage these days, uh, what, what, what's your, your act mostly like? Well, uh, it's, it's, uh, Americana observational and I mean, it's, it's really just an entertaining show. It's, I'm not, I'm not there with politics. I'm not there, you know, with, with religion. Of course I can slam on religion though, just because I'm Catholic, uh, but I, I don't make fun of the other religions. That's just, yeah. What, you know, when in Rome. Right. But, exactly. Uh, yeah. To- totally. Um, entertaining show you know I, I still do a bunch of impressions but with a twist because you know um for years uh bands have getting away with uh just uh playing other people's music and we've been talking about music the whole time and it dawned on me that there's no cover comedy and uh right i, I thought well, well why not why shouldn't a comic be able to come up tell somebody else's joke verbatim as long as you know that he's doing somebody else's joke so uh i do these impressions of people doing impressions of people so it's sort of a Three oh. layer, you know, I, like a Cat Williams doing a, um, a Rodney Dangerfield bit or something. Oh, okay, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> you you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's crazy. I can't get no respect. <laughs> Every time when I was born, the doctor came out to the living room, told my father, "said Sorry, sir, we tried everything we could, but the little bastard pulled through." <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> It's the, uh, the way my brain works. Yeah. Anymore. It was inspired by Carlos Mencia, believe it or not, um, uh, because when Joe Rogan slammed him for uh, stealing jokes, yeah. you know, in, in Rogan's defense, of course, that's that's uh, appalling. You know, I, I stand behind my words. I'm very territorial about them. Yeah, yeah. But but in Carlos Mencia's defense, he wasn't stealing the good jokes. <laughs> I guess that's a way to look at it. Yeah. And then Cat Williams stole his opening bit from some other dude, uh, in Florida, I can't remember the guy's name. I've interviewed him before too, and but he was just like, eh, you know, I don't care. My bit got out there and got a much wider audience than it would have gotten when I was doing it. So he, you know, he gladly uh, gave it up. I thought well, that's kind of weird. I would be a little, I'd be a little more upset about that. 
No, okay. go, no, no. Okay, because I'll give you an example. I was driving across the country. I hit the com- what I call the comedy trifecta. There's three radio stations in a row on, uh, on Sirius XM, you know. It goes from uh, Jamie Foxx to uh, Raw Dog to comedy. Uh, so first I was listening to uh, D.L. Hughley, and it was just an opening bit. And this went, white folks, y'all need to beat your kids. And I, yeah, I yeah. okay, I've heard that before. And I turned it. And it was Bernie Mac. Y'all need to beat your kids, my folks. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no way, this just happened. I turned it again. Cat would beat your motherfucking kids, my folks. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I guess the the moral of that story is that white folks need to beat their kids. So we stopped hearing that joke. Yeah. <laughs> and brother's got to write some jokes. <laughs> brother got to write some jokes. <laughs> up in his mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, back in the day, um, I, I teach a, a comedy writing to uh, gifted kids on Saturdays, and um, one of the things we, we discuss when we do stand-up is, you know, back before the 60s in, in vaudeville, it was just, it was that was the way it was done, and that Milton Berle would sit there, he'd go to the clubs in New York in the 50s, and he would just sit there and write other people's jokes down, go on TV and do them, and it was, that's just how you did it. And I guess it wasn't until, like, Lenny Bruce and people like that, and George Carlin early on, that people started saying, oh, you know, you should write your own stuff, and then it's yours. You're right. You were right. And Shelly Berman as well. All those guys yeah. that came up and they were purists. I listen to those albums and, you know, it's like you could, what they did wasn't uh, that you could steal the joke. You know, they did jokes that were very uh, organic to them. So there was no way anybody else could do them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was their secret. I yeah. remember reading the story about George Carlin saying the same thing. Well, I remember too, um, and I don't know if you've ever been over to Britain to perform, but uh, I guess their comedy scene is a little different than ours. It's a lot more like ours now than it used to be. But I remember growing up watching Dave Allen, and he would tell all these old jokes. My dad would, and they were funny, but my dad would say those, those jokes are as old as St. Louis. <laughs> if they don't beat their kids, yeah, <laughs> the old Irish guy they got beat your kids, yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he would just you know, and they call them gags over in England. Here's a gag for you. You need to wrap them around some, you know, sketches and things like that, and there you have it. But I guess yeah, too, we, we, we use the word hack, I think. Yeah, I guess. Um, but he was of that generation, and then I guess, uh, you know, he was on right around the time Monty Python was coming on, and I guess that was probably the shift in British comedy at that point, where people said, "Oh, maybe you, you know, it's it, it, about writing your own stuff now and not, you know, doing these old these old bar gags." But that's so true, man. But um, cool, you know the history of it. Yeah, Billy Conley says he'll still tell a a, a good joke if he hears one, and he'll he'll say, "I, I heard here's this joke I heard," and uh, he'll still tell a street joke, and you know, because that's just the, what it, where he comes from. I mean, most of the stuff he writes, he does on his own, but if he hears a really good one, he he, he has n- not shy about passing it along. I should work on a Billy Connolly. There's a great interview with him on uh, Marin's podcast a, a couple weeks he's, back. He's awesome. I know, dude. He's like almost eighty, isn't he? I mean. He's, he's not a young pup, but man, he's in he's, his seventies. Yeah, still rocking. Yeah, um, has uh, a touch of Parkinson's now too. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So is he's having some well, health issues? That'll just be he'll just be selling a bit more. On exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said he's you know he's, he's still doing okay though. He's he's still plugging away. So um, living in Austin, it's kind of a, a interesting cultural place. Does that help the comedy at all, or is it just the, it's just it's a nice place to live if you're an artist? Oh, it's an awesome comedy scene. Uh, it has been since the day I started. I, I got got started here at a place called the Velveeta Room. It's just a little hole in the wall, and if you didn't if you didn't get them in thirty seconds, you basically uh, they just start talking over you. Yikes. If you got them in that thirty, you had about a minute to keep them, and and it was really that that much of a struggle. It was very humbling to go on the road and kill like in 
you know, Memphis or a, or a funny bone in Omaha, and then come home and you're like, hey, welcome back to Austin, buddy. No, it's usually the opposite. It, you, you think? Yeah, usually, yeah, like oh. here, you know, the guy's going to do kill at our home club, and then, you know, they go out on the road and they you come back with some horror stories. <laughs> like, you know, a little rough, <laughs> little rough up in Erie, PA. What I thought was comedy turns into spoken word when I come home sometimes. <laughs> and it, I, I don't know if it's snobbish or what, but, I mean, there are very good comics that come out of here. And, you know, a lot of the that we've got a Moon Tower Comedy Festival that comes here every year now. It's been three years strong, and it's bringing in all these big acts. And, you know, Austin is, like, really on the radar for Hollywood as far as comics go because we've been pumping out about three or four every year that hit television. So it's, it's pretty good. Now, you've been to our comedy festival, uh, right? The Brouhaha? Uh, I have not. I've, I've, I've entered I it, were. but I, I had to back out because I, you know, work, uh, work okay. pretty cool. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I must have seen you on an initial list. And then, uh, and okay, that would, would explain that. Yeah, we're going to try and do an episode of the podcast uh, from there this year, finally. Oh, right on. See if Mikey will uh, cool. let us do that. Yeah, kind of like Marin does when he does a live WTF, just have a, you know, guys come up and, you know, and chit-chat for a few minutes and things like that, you know. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah so I, we'll love, see, I love Kurtz. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, Kurtz is a good guy. Um, so, uh, uh, is Austin been ruined, though, I guess is my question, because it seems like it's gotten a little too hip for its own good and people are not kind of souring Man, on it, or is it just an outside know, perception? No, you're, you're, you keep going. You're right on track. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, uh, we actually printed a shirt here that says, Welcome to Austin. Uh, don't forget to leave, because everybody, <laughs> as soon as they get off the plane, they just stay here. And, I get it. I fell in love with the city. Same thing about 23, 24 years ago. Uh, you know, but uh, it's it's so overblown and it's so overpopulated. And, oh. you know, it, but the culturally, yeah, it's great. The live music thing, I love that. You know, Southside was here, 240,000 people. And, you know, I'm not going to go down the avenue. What happened here at the festival, that that was just, you know, that's oh, alcohol. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. Any idiot. Well, yeah, yeah, that, could, that, that kind of stuff happens, you know, all over. But um, mm-hmm. but the festival, it's amazing. You know, it's like, uh, I love it when you get, like when you get to Austin at the airport, uh, first thing you see is welcome to the live music capital of the world. I mean, and that's breaking your arm, patting yourself on the back, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's one thing that, it is good live music, don't get me wrong, but you can drive three miles in any direction from downtown, and it's just the same old crappy music capital, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, three miles north, but a dang, 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 wee haw. <laughs> you know, three miles south, you get the Tejano. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you know, with Austin city limits and things like that, though, it kind of like helped establish the city. It's not just having you know that, but you know, also some a little bit of everything. Kind of heck, even my favorite band was down there two years ago, OMD. When they had their new album oh, out, yeah, yeah, they played. You went to go see them? No, I wanted to go down. Uh, we tried to get our our company. We work uh, a guy I used to work with. He doesn't work with us anymore at my day job. We work for a company that um, sells payday loans online, and uh, it's all legit. It's all state regulated. Don't worry about it. And um, but we were going to say, hey, maybe we could get it. Could he send us to conventions and things like that? We were going to try to convince him that South by Southwest would be a good place to send us to learn something, but he he <laughs> he didn't go for it. Yeah. That was the OMD was down there. They're, they played at a bicycle shop and a couple other places. And uh, but I did see him in Chicago, so I, I did manage to see him on that tour. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I bet your boss looked up the ticket prices for everyone. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of guys actually that um, we used to have a radio station here in town, uh, WOXY 97X, and uh, 
it was uh, sold and they continued it on the internet for a while here and uh, almost went out of business and then someone came in and rescued it. And then the, uh, that ha- it happened again and almost went out of business. Someone rescued it. But then the second rescue, they moved it to Austin. So everybody moved mm-hmm. down to Austin and then it went out of business about six months later and all those guys are still down there. They never they didn't move back to Ohio. So. <laughs> what did I tell you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to visit Austin, but I'm not sure it would be a place I would, you know, I'd want to stay. Maybe. I don't know. Who can say? Well, uh, people, you know, they, it's, it's ironic that, like, we have we had an area code forever, one single area code, 512, and that's that's fine. You knew you knew you were in Austin. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 512. Well, it's grown so big now that we have to have a second uh, area code, and, and now the snobs are like, uh, oh, you ain't 512, you, you know, you're 737, and that's the new area code, 737. Yeah. Don, Don Dummy, that's, that's the Boeing Air... Uh, the Boeing jet that's bringing all these people here. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So I think there's a bit of irony in that, but you know, I'm, I'm not begrudging people for coming to Austin. It's just leave. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, I was just telling people Enjoy. the other. I was telling people the other day we live in a suburb here that uh, when we moved here, it was still like the place to move in Cincinnati. It was one of the most uh, more attractive suburbs, and there's a couple suburbs up north of us now that are even more popular. And uh, that, and I'm like, you know what? Great, move there. Stop moving here. We don't want you here. <laughs> it's um, there's a nice yeah. big chunk of land behind my house that uh, that I talked to the guy and it's in the family and I said you're not going to sell this area. He goes, nope, no plans on it. I live in fear every day he's going to, and there'll be a couple McMansions back there, and it's going to ruin my view. And so I'm like, don't move, oh, don't move to Anderson Township. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's his family. They got four different plots of land all in a row that run behind our house. Over to the oh, yeah. other road, and yeah, so we have woods behind our house, but we're one of the last places in the township that have that. So oh, they'll sell it. You're, you, oh, you're, God, your fear is, is justified. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, because there's another. Um, we just was driving out the other day, and that happened. We saw uh, uh, another house got sold, and it had a big bunch of land, and they're tearing down the house, and we're already protracting it out for uh, for houses. Yeah, well, we had a lot next to our house uh, that built on it. The guy lied to the city. It's called a stealth dorm. What he did was he built, uh, he said it's going to be a five-bedroom family residence, and now it's a six-bedroom, three-bath college dorm. And uh, it is literally 10 feet from my window. And I Uh. I built an eight-foot screw-you two-fence. I built awnings, like, you know, because they were staring down. The construction workers were staring down. uh, it's it's a trip, man. I'm like, wow, this, it's, a, it's a land grab anymore. Yeah, it really is. Well, the family just walked in the door here. That's the uh, the the risks you run when you're recording in the family room. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but we we've reached a, an endpoint anyway, so it's a, a perfect breaking time. Um, uh, thanks for taking the time and doing this, man. Uh, we'll see you in Cincinnati, I guess, a week from like Thursday, I believe it is. Yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, I've I've never played downtown Cincinnati, and so this is this is very exciting for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'll be right there uh, on the river or t- to the funny, but bit of a different room. Um, but if you're used to, uh, well, we saw. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to disparage the funny bone, but just let I should warn you that they let people get a little loud. Some maybe they've solved that problem, but I saw uh, Greg Warren had a bit of a rough time there. A bunch of a bunch of hillbillies just just being loud, not even even at him, just behind us yakking at the table. My wife and I like, are they going to shut these people up? <laughs> really? Yeah, but Jeff put but uh, Greg put him in their place, so. I don't want to scare you, well, but just <laughs> no, no. That's the job. That's our job, anyway. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know what? Let let people dig their own uh, little hole, and we'll see if Jay can't climb out of it. There you go, brother. All right, man. Well, good luck to you there. Hey, thank you, Pierre. Right, thanks, Jay. All right, bye bye.
again to J.R. Brow for being on the show. To find out where J.R. Brow is going to be in your neck of the woods, uh, simply go to jrbrow.com and find out everything you need to know about J.R. Brow. All right. Uh, for Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings, you can simply go to andyhawk.com. You can also search iTunes and pick up all of your Andy Hawk and Trainwreck Endings tunes that you need, including the new acoustic EP and, of course, the hottest record in the world, Chasing the Sun. And you can also check out the video. We will link to that from the Podbean page, pfradio.podbean.com. That video directed and produced by friend of the show, Mike Travers. And we heard his song uh, last week, of course, Cancer Sucks. So go check all that stuff out. The usual credits, of course, follow us on Facebook. Uh, like me on Twitter or like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. Do one of those things. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at PF66, PF's tape recorder in the search bar for uh, Facebook. Let's see. Uh, we have a Tumblr page. We try to keep up the date as well. You can probably search for that in Tumblr. Uh, let me see. Logo designed by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tigerdactyl on Twitter. Original music for PS tape recorder composed and performed by John Veropolis and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. I believe that is all the uh, credits we have here for this week and so forth. Uh, Other than to say, so long and thanks for listening. (laughs) 